We want to be available for you. We want to continue to pray for you. So if you have prayer needs, please email us. As you go on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, that's O-R-G, you can pull up the staff and you can email Pastor Jesse or Luke or me and uh, ask for prayer. And we encourage you to do that. And some of you have been doing that. And we want to continue to minister to you in that way. Or if you call and leave a message, we will get that message even from our own phones at home as we're working at home. So please do that. And uh, we've been doing other things. Uh, Pastor Jesse and Luke yesterday doing some deliveries of uh, some milk and things like that to people who have need. So we're going to continue to be available to minister the best way that we can in praying and giving you the word of God. And I want to encourage you, keep tuning in. Now, what we have scheduled is, uh, of course, tonight we're going to begin uh, and continue in the book of Jeremiah. But on Sunday, on Sundays, I've been doing a series, uh, Comfort from the Psalms. And when we first started uh, having online services on the 15th of March, it's hard to believe that the last time that we gathered together on a, was on a Wednesday night on the 11th of March. And here we are in April, and we don't know when we're going to be able to meet again, but I thought maybe it might be two weeks. And uh, now it's been three Sundays, and it's going to extend for another you know, month it looks like for us. And so what I'm going to do this Sunday is I'm going to uh, read from the Psalms tied in with the triumphal entry of Jesus. Uh, I think you'll be tremendously encouraged and blessed as we continue looking at God's word. And then next week, of course, it's Holy Week. It's what the church calls Holy Weeks, beginning with this Sunday, Palm Sunday, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem uh, in his triumphal entry. And then a week from today, I'm going to do a message from John's Gospel from the Upper Room Discourse, uh, how the Lord told us not to be troubled in our hearts. And then I'm going to post a Good Friday message on Good Friday, which is uh, on the uh, um, 10th of April. And you can look for that. And then Resurrection Sunday, I'll do a message, of course, uh, concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and we do have a living hope uh, that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as Peter writes. And, and I hope you're encouraged. Tell people about the teachings. I want to be careful in saying, invite somebody over to your house. Uh, we're supposed to be, you know, uh, in our homes, being safe, staying at home. But you can tell people about the postings. And some of you have done that. You have said, hey, uh, my family member has been watching uh, the, the live stream services. Those are available for you as you go on our website. Uh, some have uh, listened that otherwise uh, had not had the time to do it or weren't interested in doing that. So encourage family members, friends, co-workers, hey, listen to the teaching. Uh, turn to Calvary Chapel, uh, the website, and be proactive in that because I think people are more open to hearing what God has to say uh, concerning the times that we're in and looking for comfort and looking for some kind of certainty and assurance that is only found through the Lord. So I want to encourage you in that. And I know that it's hard. It's difficult. And our, all of our lives in, in every way have been changed and, uh, and it has happened quickly. And so we're praying for you, and uh, particularly just the repercussions uh, of this COVID-19 concerning the economy, your job, your business, 
whatever it might be. Hey, the Lord is with you, and we want to walk with you as much as we can to encourage you and bless you in any way that we uh, can do that. And we're going to be here in the duration, and we're going to keep ministering. Um, so keep tuning in, call, uh, email us, and we'd love to hear how God is working in your life as well, what he's showing you. And, and I want to share that with my heart as we uh, have this uh, month ahead of us where we're going to be looking at the scriptures, what he's showing me and what he uh, is um, doing in my own life that hopefully will be an encouragement to you as well. And we need each other, folks, don't we? We need each other, and we may not be able to be face-to-face, but we can come together with one heart and one accord and one spirit. And we have the technology today to be able to do that and, and to reach out to one another, and one day we are going to come together, and we're going to be together, and I look forward to that day. But in the meantime, let's stay tuned into uh, the live stream services and staying in contact with one another. Call a brother or sister that you might know, and we're trying to do the same thing, but reach out to us if you need that encouragement, and, uh, and certainly we'll be here uh, to receive that, your request and, and the things that are on your hearts we're going to pray uh, about, and we're going to minister to you in the best way that we know how. Father, I do pray that as we get into Jeremiah chapter 14, that you would just encourage everyone who's tuned in right now and bless them to make the effort to uh, listen to the live stream. And and I pray that as we read these words that uh, at some uh, portions of this chapter seem harsh, but there's something for us here. And to know that you love us so much and, and we can make application as we look at the implication of what was going on. And so, Lord, touch our hearts. Encourage us right now through your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, of course, Jeremiah at this time, he has been ministering to Judah, the house of Judah, God's people, who have turned away from the Lord. We know that they have turned to a false hope. They have put their hopes in those idols and in uh, false teaching, in, in the prophets that were coming along and speaking a false message to the people. And so the Lord has been sending the prophets. Uh, before this, it was Isaiah and Micah and some of the others that had come on the scene. Now it's Jeremiah that is speaking the words of the Lord, telling the people to turn back to him. And we see here, as we have discussed, that the people were very far from the Lord. They, they had a form of religiousness. Uh, they were going to the temple, but they were bringing their idols and their idol worship and their false worship into the house of the Lord. And they were burning sacrifices, but they were burning sacrifices to those false gods. And we have discussed that Jeremiah would begin his ministry during the reign of Josiah. Josiah was the last of the good kings to reign in Judah. And Josiah, as he had the uh, book of the law read to him, he began reforms. He cleaned up the temple. He brought in temple worship once again. He called for the priest to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into the Holy of Holies. We know that Josiah would have uh, the orders given that all those places of false worship would be torn down. 
And also, he would celebrate the Passover. Matter of fact, Second Chronicles chapter 35 tells us that there was not a Passover <clears throat> like the one that Josiah had, even uh, since the days uh, of Samuel, the, the days of the judges. So it was quite a celebration as Josiah was bringing reform to the land. But the thing was, is that Josiah, at the end of his life, as you read Second Chronicles chapter 35, that he would go against Necho, king of Egypt, when uh, the king of Egypt was passing through Israel uh, to do battle with the Assyrians. And there in the valley of Megiddo, uh, it was Josiah that ended up being killed by the king of Egypt. And as he is killed, we know that Second Chronicles 35 tells us that, first of all, Jeremiah mourned for him. And then it was his son, that is Josiah's son, Jehoahaz, he became king for only about three months. And then the king of Egypt made his brother Eliakim, or Jehoiakim, the king, and Jehoahaz was carried off into Egypt. As we read chapters 14 and 15 of Jeremiah here, it is during that time that after the death of Josiah that the nation would quickly fall back into full-blown idol worship, falling back into the sins of Manasseh, and now drought has come to the nation. And the Lord's chastening the people, trying to get their attention to turn to him. And as we go through this chapter, we see that the Lord's desiring for his people to turn but they are very much entrenched in this false worship and uh, false practices in a false hope, giving ear to the false uh, prophets and teachers that were on the scene, the false leaders. So let's begin to read in chapter 14 of Jeremiah that the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the droughts. Judah mourns and her gate languishes. Uh, the mourn for the land and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. Verse 3, their nobles have sent their lads for water. They went to the cistern and found no water. A cistern, of course, was they didn't have uh, storage tanks. They didn't have irrigation and pipelines. So cisterns were just a hole that was in the rock that as it rained, it would come and gather in the cisterns where they can get water. And there was no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads. Verse 4, because the ground is parched and there was no rain in the land and the plowmen were ashamed, they covered their heads. Yes, the deer also gave birth in the field, but left because there was no grass. And the wild donkey stood in desolate heights. They sniffed at the wind like jackals, and their eyes failed because there was no grass. And as we have discussed that Jeremiah here, uh, as the uh, drought is, is being described to us, it was so bad that there was no water in the cisterns. Uh, people had empty vessels. Even the wild animals had nothing to drink of. And the Lord was bringing this drought to chasten his people, to try to get them to turn back to him. And you recall that we discussed last time that when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt to the mountain of God, there he gave them the law of God, 
but he also made a covenant with them. And as you know, the covenant would say that if you follow after me, the Lord said, if you worship me and, and walk in my ways, then it's going to be well with you. I will send the rains. Uh, you'll have the crops. It will be well with your children. I'll defeat your enemy, and, and, and you're going to prosper in the land. But if you forsake me, which they had done, and follow after other gods, and do not walk in my ways, then there's going to be drought. There'll be locusts. I, there's, the land's going to dry up. And eventually it's going to lead to where the enemy's going to come in and take you away captive. So that was the covenant that they had had for hundreds of years here uh, as Jeremiah is speaking to them. And now this drought is here, and there was drought in the land literally, but there was drought in the land spiritually. And the Lord is wanting them to turn to him. We know that Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, that says that, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the father, the son in whom he delights. And we need to remember that the Lord in our own lives, as we consider this, because we see that there's, there's drought, there's a, 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 this pandemic that's going around that really affects us spiritually. And we can trust the Lord in this time, but maybe you're going through just a dry time, a barren time spiritually. Maybe it's not because of sin or carnality. It's just the uncertainty. And the Lord desires for us to draw close to him, to be refreshed in him, and to come to the living waters. You remember that Jesus, in John chapter 7, that he stood up there on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost will flow torrents of living water. He would tell the woman, the Samaritan woman of John chapter 4, that, that you drink of the Jacob's well, you're going to thirst again, but I have living water to give to you, and you'll never thirst again. It was Jesus that said to the multitudes in the Galilee region in John chapter 6, come and eat and drink of me, and as you do, you'll never hunger and thirst again. So we can be refreshed and renewed even in this time of dryness that we're going through spiritually. Perhaps you're feeling anxious. Maybe it's hard to pray. Some people have told me that, that, that I'm having a hard time praying. I don't know what to pray. I'm having a hard time reading my Bible. Uh, the fears come. The anxiety comes. The uncertainty is there. That the Lord says to you, come and drink. Come to me to be refreshed and renewed. And I pray that that would take place. You know, one of the things that the Lord is showing me during this time, it's hard for all of us. And I know it's hard for you. And we all have different challenges that we're facing. Maybe mom, as you're at home with the kids, uh, trying to keep them busy, or wondering how we're going to pay the bills. As uh, one of the big factors right now is we're in the first of the month, is uh, people are worried about how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the mortgage? Uh, wondering about certain things. Uh, when are we going to get out of this? When are things going to go back to normal? But one thing that, that the Lord has shown me, that in the uncertainty, is that the way to be refreshed is to continue to draw close to him. And in this time that I'm wondering, Lord, what is it that you're showing me? That I want to present, first of all, my heart to him. 
Because we know that as Proverbs declares, he chastened those who he loves. That Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews declares that and, and tells us that as spiritual children to a loving father, that he chastens those who he loves. And maybe perhaps in this time of being quiet, in this time that maybe that that we're at home or we're not able to go to work or uh, I know for us, even though we're trying to stay busy, that, that this is an opportunity the Lord has been putting on my heart to be quiet before him. And one of the things that I want to do during this time is, Lord, what are the things in my life that, that are not pleasing to you? Lord, examine my heart. I want to be like David that says, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. Because when we do get through this, and we will, I don't want to go back to the old habits or just the, the attitudes that weren't pleasing to the Lord. I want the Lord to be ministering to my heart saying, Jeff, this is what I want you, you know, to turn away from or this attitude. I want to have you get out of your heart, out of your mind. I want him, uh, allow him to just minister to me in that way. And as we take the time to do that, in the time that we have, as hard as it is to be able to focus, I believe that the Lord is going to honor that and he's going to show up. You know, I don't want to go back to, to just, uh, I want to, we all want to get back to some routine. We want to get back to work. We want to get back uh, to being able to go to the store and not having to worry about if we're going to get sick. But I don't want to go back to those things that the Lord says, I want to refine. I want to refine out your life. I, I want to grow you. I, I want your faith to grow. I, I want to use you. I, and I think that this is a time where we're thinking, what can I do? That this is also a time that the Lord wants to prepare us and minister to us for what he has in the days ahead, to be able to minister to others, to draw closer to him. Here was a nation that they were dry. They, they had forsaken the Lord, but the Lord still wanted to do work, and he wants to do work in our hearts and in our lives. And as we continue reading, we see the plea of the people. O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do it for your name's sake. For our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. O the hope of Israel, his Savior in time of trouble. Verse 8, will you underline that? Uh, the hope of Israel. That's a title of God here. The hope of Israel. They had put their hope in the false gods. They had put their hope in the false messages. And the Lord comes along and says, remember that I am the hope of Israel. He is the hope for you and for me. He is our only hope. He is our true hope. He's the hope of our nation. He's the hope of the world. He's the Savior of the world. And he is our Savior and our hope in the time of trouble. Even as Jesse read at the beginning uh, that he is our help and very present help in time of trouble. Today, right now, even tonight. That remember this, that he is our hope and our savior. And why would you be like a stranger in the land, we read, and like a traveler who turns aside to tarry for a night? Why should you be like a man astonished, like mighty one who cannot save? Yet you, O Lord, are in our midst, and we are called by your name. Do not leave us. And here's, again, the response of, of Jeremiah, the prayer of Jeremiah. Don't leave us, Lord. And I want to remind you of the promise that Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is with you. 
in your home. He dwells in your heart. And the Lord is on the throne. And he hasn't left us. He is with us, wanting to work, desiring to work in our hearts, draws close to him. Uh, to be more real, he wants to be in our lives than ever before. And thus says the Lord to this people in verse 10, Thus they have loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. He will remember their iniquity now and punish their sins. They had gone so far from the Lord. And, and as we continue in verse 11, Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by pestilence. As we read this, you think, boy, these are harsh words. As Jeremiah is told, don't pray for the people. This is, I believe, the third time that we've read this uh, in Jeremiah so far. And we know that as the Lord is, is speaking to Jeremiah, as he's saying that they are going to go into captivity, they're going to be punished for what they have done. I think what the Lord is saying here, don't pray for them, Jeremiah, is, is Jeremiah, we're going to see he's wrestling here. He's going to say, Lord, how can this happen? Just like Habakkuk. Habakkuk, when you read that book, that he's crying out to the Lord as he's praying to the Lord. Lord, how can you allow the Babylonians to come in and, and take us off into captivity? They're a wicked people. And as Habakkuk is wondering in chapter 1 of that short minor prophet that book in the Old Testament he, he's wrestling in chapter 1 Lord why? Kind of what Jeremiah is doing here and then we see in, in chapter 2 he's waiting allowing the Lord to minister to him he's allowing the Lord to speak to him and the Lord does speak to him and then in chapter 3 you see that Habakkuk is worshiping as he realizes that the Lord is true and just and that he is going to do a work. And here, as Jeremiah is told, don't pray for the people. Uh, Jeremiah is, is, I'm sure, wanting to pray, Lord, please don't bring this destruction. Don't bring this calamity among the people. And the Lord is saying, Jeremiah, they have gone so far that they're going to have to go off into captivity. They're going to have to go. I'm going to have to, to chasten them in that way to bring them back to me. And, and here in verse 12, there was a form of religiousness, as you see. I'm not going to, to hear their cry, their burnt offerings, their grain offerings. I'm not going to accept it. Um, and as we continue reading, then I said, Oh, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you a sure peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, the prophet prophesies lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy uh, to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their hearts. So Jeremiah here, as the Lord says that I'm not going to hear their cries. I'm not going to accept their sacrifice. And we know that it was David that wrote in Psalm 51 that he said, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. They weren't broken before the Lord. They, they didn't want to truly repent and turn back to the Lord. They were only sorry for the repercussions that they were experiencing, the drought, and then later on the captivity that was going to come. Uh, they weren't truly wanting to turn to the Lord. They wanted to offer sacrifice and, and give burnt offerings and all of this, but it was all in false worship and false pretense. 
You see, even today that you see in parts of the church, and I mean the church at large, that there are churches that they'll talk about the name of Jesus. They'll say that we believe in the sayings of Jesus, but they have really rejected him. They've rejected the message of the cross. They've rejected the message of repentance and turning to Jesus. Uh, they reject much of the uh, Bible and, and what the Bible has to say. Uh, they will reject biblical morality and, and uh, the ways of the Lord. Uh, and, and they'll say, you can live any way that you want and believe whatever it is that you want. We're all just children of God. And, and we know that it's happened more and more in the church, mainline denominations two generations ago that were so committed to the word of God and God was working, have abandoned the scriptures. They've abandoned the ways of the Lord. And not only in mainline denominations in many of them, but in independent churches and even in some of the, the evangelical churches are accepting that which is false. And, and here he says, I'm not going to accept that which is false, the false worship and the false messages. And, and here Jeremiah is saying, but, you know, the, the, is it the people's fault? Aren't the people being led astray by the false prophets speaking lies? It's really their fault. But the Lord is going to hold the people accountable. And the Lord says, those prophets prophesy lies in my name. I haven't sent them. And here they are given false vision and divination. You can see how far they had gotten away from the Lord. That, that word divination means telling the future by signs, by omens. They were involved in occultic kinds of practices. Uh, they were involved in and worthless things and the deceit of their heart. We've seen some of the sins of the people in the covetousness and greediness and immorality and all of this that was in the land. Just live any way that you want. Believe whatever it is that you want. So the false prophets that come on the scene, they speak in lies. What I pray for us during this time that as we pray, not only for us to draw close to the Lord, Lord, I want you to do a refining work in my heart right now. Lord, if there's anything that is not pleasing to you, that I want to turn away from it. I, I want to spiritually grow during this time. I, I want to grow in my faith and trust in you. Lord, I, I want to live my life that is pleasing to you. And if there is anything in our lives, maybe attitudes or, or maybe there is sin and carnality, that there's more of a temptation as people are at home to pull up things on the computer that they shouldn't. Or to maybe, you know, drink that alcohol, you know, uh, excessively or, or whatever the case may be. Lord, I don't want to go that direction. I want to repent from those things and turn to you and be refreshed by you and to know you. I don't want to just be remorseful, but I truly want to live a life pleasing to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, Paul wrote that godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation not to be regretted. And as we take the time here, maybe as we have a little bit more time to be quiet before the Lord, that, you know, repentance is a good thing. Do you realize that? Sometimes we think repentance is such a harsh word and a restrictive word, and it, we picture it as ugh and ugly and, and um, you know, all of this. It's, it's a wonderful word that we can 
turn direction, quit going in the direction we're going in our lives, in a certain area of our lives, in an attitude and, and, and uh, you know, carnality and sin, and turn to the Lord. And his arms are always open wide to receive you as you truly repent. And if you repent, as Paul writes, that godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation not to be regretted, you will listen. Never regret turning to the Lord and repenting. And he goes on to say, but the sorrow of the world produces death. And what I hope and pray that when, you know, this, this pandemic passes and we do get back to work and back to the routines and stuff, that we wouldn't just say, well, that's over with and go back to those things that we were doing that the Lord was dealing with us. And I pray for our nation <coughs> that our nation would really turn to the Lord, that our nation would really repent that our nation would realize that we need the Lord in, in our leadership and guiding us as a nation. That, that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. So here Jeremiah is saying they prophesy lies. Listen, and let's be wise. There's a lot of voices that are out there right now. You know, it's interesting that as you read it and you see it and there are those who are prophesying that this is going to go away. And there is one that, a faith teacher, that uh, yesterday there was a clip of him and he's, you know, kicking and yelling and screaming at the COVID-19 virus and all this. And it's going to go away and God's going to take it away and uh, right away. And it's like, I pray, I know the Lord can do that. But there's all kinds of, of things out there that... Uh, we wonder, as here he, he's saying, verse 15, let's read it. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, who say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, those prophets shall be consumed. They were saying it's peace. It's peace, and nothing's going to happen, and everything's going to be okay. Well, we're seeing this thing grow. And we're seeing that, that it's taking a devastating effect on our nation and on the world. It reminds me so much of what Paul would write, that as he wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said concerning the day of the Lord, and listen, we're not in the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord starts in the tribulation period. But he said that when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a woman. And we're familiar with that verse, but we do know that there is going to be one that will come on the scene that is the ultimate false prophet. He's called the Antichrist. And he's going to come on as a world leader, and he's going to come as seemingly as a, a, a peacemaker, making a covenant with Israel for one week for seven years. And, and as he does, the world's going to turn to him, and he's going to say peace, and he's going to say safety. And the Bible says that he's going to speak great things according to the world, but blasphemous things concerning God. And this Antichrist is going to gain the affection of the world, and he's going to deceive many with lying signs and wonders. And that's why it's so critical that we take the heart. And I don't think it was any accident that last year on Wednesday night, we took almost a whole year to go through the book of Revelation. 
And also, we just finished Second Timothy before all of this, you know, began to happen. As Paul is writing to Timothy, the last words that we have recorded of Paul the Apostle in the New Testament, and, and these are words that were important to Paul, inspired by God, but they were heartfelt things, as, as Paul is saying, Timothy, the last days are going to be perilous. And, and Timothy, know that they're going to have a form of godliness, but denying his power. And they're going to, to be religious. They're going to have religious talk, but they're not given over to the truth. Always trying to learn, but never able to come to the truth. And they're going to be those of corrupt mind, those of counterfeit. And Timothy, know this, that you will be persecuted. Those who live godly in Christ Jesus and evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse as he continues to warn Timothy. You know, you have those who are screaming and karate chopping, you know, the TV and, and saying that God has told me that, you know, COVID-19 isn't going to affect us and go away. Well, it is affecting us. And, and then you have those who are saying peace and safety. It's interesting what people will adopt. And, and you have what is called the new apostolic reformation, that the church is going to grow in power. And you're going to have these super apostles and prophets on the scene. And they're going to go in and, and work mighty miracles and go into hospitals and, and heal people. And then we'll usher in the coming of the Lord, the kingdom of God. The Bible doesn't say that's going to happen. I wish that would happen, but it's not going to. It's going to be perilous times. And we know that even Jesus said that if he had not come back, that man would have destroyed himself. And, and I think of those who, who the faith teachers that claim these healing ministries, why aren't you going into hospitals? Why aren't you healing people of this? And, and making these wild claims, listen, be wise. I believe God heals and I believe that God wants to work in the church. And I believe that we have an incredible message to give. Please don't misunderstand me. But there are those who are coming along and saying, it's all going to be hunky-dory. Don't worry about anything. When we know that the last days are going to be perilous times. And these are times where we're seeing the birth pangs. When we started 2020, three months ago, that we've seen the fires in Australia burn up a continent. We've seen locust infestation across Africa, devastating the land. And now this worldwide pandemic that has affected us. And it's like the Lord is trying to get our attention as we see the droughts and the fires and the earthquakes. Do you realize there was an earthquake in Idaho yesterday? A major earthquake in the middle of Idaho, 6.5. And the earthquakes that are taking place around the world and as we see volcanoes that have been erupting in the Philippines and other places, Indonesia, that have disrupted travel, all these things are telling us something and they will culminate into something and that is in the day of the Lord when one will come on the scene speaking lies and deceiving people and saying peace, then sudden destruction will come. Folks, we have a glorious future, the church. But we need to make sure that we, as Paul told Timothy in all that section of 2 Timothy, that we must continue in the scriptures. And the way for you to be refreshed and renewed is to do just that. To be in a place of safety. To not be deceived because there's a lot of voices out there. 
And, and, and Jesus said that the signs, the birth pangs, will be false prophets and teachers that will come on the scene. And here they were saying, there's nothing's going to happen to us. We have the temple. We have Jerusalem. But he said that they're false. In verse 16, And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and sword, and they will have no one to bury them, them nor their wives, their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness on them. And therefore you shall say to this word to them, Let my eyes flow with tears night and day. This is the heart of, uh, of the Lord. This is the heart of Jeremiah this should be our heart as we see the things that go on around us. And, and let them not cease, for the virgin daughter of my people have been broken with a mighty stroke and with very severe blow. If I go out to the field, then behold those slain with the sword. And if I enter the city, then behold those sick from famine. Yes, both prophet and priest go about in a land they do not know. And then as he pleads for mercy, have you utterly rejected Judah? Has your soul loathed, verse 19, Zion? Why have you stricken us so that there is no healing for us? We looked for peace, but there was no good. And for a time of healing, and there was trouble. Listen, there will be no real peace that we will have unless we go to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. We have peace with God because Jesus went to a cross and died on that cross for your sins. And he rose again, and he defeated sin, and he defeated death. And we have the promise of eternal life. We have relationship with the Father. We have forgiveness of sin, which is the great, great need for any man or any woman. The greatest need is to be forgiven. And he is with us, and he loves us. And we have a glorious future. We do that the Lord's going to come and take the church that he's going to take us home to be with himself at whatever happens to us in the days ahead. And we have his promises and his comfort and his compassion and his love for us. And we will not have peace unless we have the Lord that allows that peace to rule in our hearts that only he can give and true healing in the time of trouble in the days that we are in. He desires to give you his peace. Do you know that? A peace that passes understanding. And to bring certainty and hope and, and wisdom and courage in the day in which we are living in, in this difficult, troubled time. And we acknowledge, O oh Lord, our wickedness and iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against you. Here Jeremiah is just identifying with the people. He, he says that we've sinned. And do not abhor us for your namesake. Do not disgrace the throne of your glory. Remember, do not break your covenant with us. Are there any among the idols of the nations that can cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, O Lord, our God? Therefore, we will wait for you since you have made all these. I, I want to close with this. As we close here tonight, he says that we will wait for you, Lord. And as we discussed on Sunday, that in that Psalm 62, that there is David out in a dry place, in a barren land, with uncertainty. He's hurting in his heart. He doesn't know if he's going to go back to Jerusalem to take the throne again. He doesn't know what's going to happen to his family, to his son Absalom. There's so much uncertainty. And he says, Lord, I silently wait for you. And you alone are my hope. 
And in this time that we're waiting, waiting for this pandemic to pass, waiting for the economy to pick up, waiting for answers, because all of us are in a place of waiting to one degree or another, aren't we? When can we leave our homes? When can we go to the parks again? When can the kids go back to school? When can we meet as a church here? We're all in that place of waiting. That as we wait for him, that the Lord desires to minister to our hearts. And as I said, that's one of the things that he's showing me, that this is a time that I want to minister to you, and I want to strengthen you, and I want to speak to your heart, and, and, and I'm so grateful for that. Because I'm wondering, Lord, how can we minister? And you may be feeling a little frustrated. What can I do? How can I reach out? We are restricted. You know, one of the things, again, that the Lord has shown me, I was thinking about how David, that David, he was one that was told, you're not going to build the temple, David. Your son Solomon is going to build the temple. But David, even though he didn't build the house of the Lord, he did what he could do. He didn't pout about it. He didn't say, well, just forget it then. I'm not going to do anything. David, he collected the supplies. He, he would make a, um, you know, uh, agreement with uh, the king up there in Tyre and, and Sidon for the cedar trees. He collected all the materials for the temple. He made up the plans. He divided up the, the priests and the Levites and the you know, musicians and, and all those who were ministering at the temple. He had it all ready to go. He did what he could do. So that when Solomon came on, on the throne, that Solomon was able to build the temple. And you may be wondering, I'd love to do this. I, I feel the same way. Sometimes I think, Lord, what can I do? I need to focus on what I can do and keep bringing the word of the Lord to you. To keep praying for you. And you might be thinking, I feel restricted, Lord. What can I do? Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. And as you're waiting on the Lord, keep praying, and he's going to be faithful to you. And it may be right now that you're ministering to your children, even though as hard as it is to keep them busy. But maybe, dads, he's telling you, I want you to really step forward and to, to be the leader in your home, that, that I want you to minister to your wife, that I want you to minister to family members. This is what you can do. You can write notes to somebody. You can give somebody a call. You can maybe encourage a neighbor. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. And allow the Lord to minister to your heart and speak to your heart. He wants to do that with all of us as we're waiting on him in this place. And so he says, you're the Lord. Therefore, we will wait on you, Lord. And in this time of waiting, you're going to see him working. In this time of waiting, the peace will come. And in this time of waiting, you're going to be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. Allow him to just speak to your heart. And let's stay close to the Lord. And remember this, that he's going to continue to be faithful to us. And his word is true for us. And he is wanting to not just have us go through a time where we're just you know, have no hope, but to give us more hope. He wants to comfort us, and he wants to build us up, not tear us down as we just go to him. Hey, we're praying for you. 
um, and, and we want to spend some time in prayer, so don't turn off that, that computer or your iPad or whatever. Let's really pray. Let's pray for uh, our country. Let's pray for the first responders, those in the medical field. Let's pray for our church, and let's pray for one another. As Father, we do, and we come. And these are, these are very sobering words that Jeremiah was speaking uh, to the people, but, Lord, we learn from it. Because we want to be established in truth, established in your word, and be refreshed and refined by you. So, Lord, in this time of waiting, do that work that you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. And, Father, I just pray, first of all, I just want to pray for everyone who's listening here. I want to pray for our church, that, that you keep us safe and healthy, for our families, for this community. Lord, we know that you can protect us. That, that you can make this virus go away. And that's what we pray, that it would begin to flatline and disappear, that you would bring healing to our land. But more than anything, I pray that you would cause us to turn to you, to really repent of our sins, and to turn to you and to cry out to you. That it wouldn't just be remorseful, but, Lord, true repentance. That's what I pray for our nation, for our community, for the church that we would get back and call out to you and get back to the truth of your word. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't listen to that which is false and lies and, and Lord, but we would hang on to your word, your truth. Lord, what you tell us, what you have for us. And Lord, I thank you that we have a glorious future, that we have a hope, a living hope that comes because Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins and he rose again. And I pray that you would be with those who are in the medical field, those who are working in the grocery stores, those who are working with people on the front lines, delivering goods. I, I pray for their safety, for their strength. I thank you for them, the unsung heroes, those that are making masks, you know, for, for people in the hospitals, those who are volunteering and being able to deliver food, those who are just wanting to help out in practical ways. So, Father, I pray you just keep them safe and their family safe. And, Lord, that you, Lord, would cause us to trust in you more. And in the times when we're feeling anxious, and we do, and fearful, and as we get up and we're frustrated, and there's uncertainty, that, Lord, that you would calm our souls and our spirits, and, Lord, you would strengthen us and give us a peace that passes understanding. And, Lord, you haven't forsaken us. You promise you'll never leave us or forsake us. And, Lord, I do pray that in this time of waiting on you, that we would focus on what we can do, continuing to minister to our children, ministering to our spouse, to family members, Lord, to take the time to allow you to speak to our hearts in those quiet times or those down times. The Lord, to, to look to you in every way and every day. And I pray that you would provide for those who are hurting, Lord. For those who perhaps have lost their jobs or their businesses are not doing well. Lord, those who are suffering financially, who have rent and mortgages due. The Lord, that you would work, that you would provide. You care for us. 
And Lord, I just pray that as we're trying to make plans and make decisions, that you give us wisdom and discernment. So Lord, we just offer all this to you and ask for your help. We need you in our lives and with our families, with this church. I pray that we can continue to be a light, to give truth. And Lord, we do look forward to when we can come together. We don't know when that's going to be. But right now, in one spirit and one heart and one accord, that we can still minister to each other. We would think of others. And Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts and how we can reach out to others. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your faithfulness. And as we're going to be entering into Holy Week, to remember that Jesus came to free us from the greatest bondage, the greatest disease, and that is sin. As they took that cross and went to Calvary and hung on that cross for every single one of us and cried out, it is finished. And I pray that we would have a message to give to others. The cross is our hope. And our confidence is in the empty tomb. So, Lord, help us to be messengers and help us to be sensitive to ministering to others your compassion and grace and to let people know that the Lord desires for them to turn to him in every way. And I pray if there's anyone listening tonight that maybe you've never made a commitment to Christ, that you could do so right now to understand this, that he is your savior. He is your hope because he went to a cross and died for you and rose again. And you can be forgiven and have the hope of eternal life and come into uh, the promise of eternal life as you just pray, I come to you, Lord. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. I thank you and you rose again in your life speaking to my heart. I ask that you would be my hope, my Savior, my Lord right now. Forgive me. And I want to know you and walk with you. And I want to continue to be refreshed by you in every way, in Jesus' name. And maybe tonight, maybe the Lord's speaking to you. Maybe there's some things in your heart that have been going on before this happened or during this time of, of isolation. But, but Lord, we do know what's in our hearts will be worked out in our lives. Just as we read here that the people went right back in idol worship. We don't want that to happen. So we ask that you deal with us now. And if there's anything that is unlike the Lord or attitudes or anything that you know the Lord's been dealing with you, turn to him. Repent. Turn direction. He loves you. And you will never regret it. You can pray, Lord, I do. I give this sin, this attitude, this carnality to you. Lord, uh, forgive me. And I don't want to go back to those things. I want to turn away from them. And Lord, I just want to continue as I wait on you for you to minister to my heart and strengthen me and help me, Lord. Help me during this time not to turn to the world or carnality or sin, that the attitudes. Help me be patient. Help me to love but, Lord, help me to please you with my life right now. And, Lord, give me the strength to live a life pleasing to you in every way. So I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I, I pray that you bless your people, keep us safe, keep us healthy, continue to minister to our needs and, 
Lord, in our hearts, refreshing us and refining us in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. Hope to see you on Sunday um, as we'll continue comfort from the Psalms and we'll tie it in with the triumphal entry. God bless you. Take care. Be safe. And um, looking forward to us being together soon. But in the meantime, stay close to the Lord. And if you need anything, please email us or call us. And we'd love to reach out to you. God bless you. Have a good night.